0: Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg shoots. This is episode 26 of the 2021 podcast series, taking a look at the draft-eligible prospects and getting you ready for the NFL draft set to begin April 29th. And this is the third installment of the From a Fan's Perspective segment where I sit down with fans of NFL franchises and discuss free agency and the draft. This week, I sit down with Jeff Paez, who's a diehard and longtime Miami Dolphins fan. Now, I know there's been some lean years in Miami but there's a lot of optimism now with Brian Flores at the helm. And Jeff and I take a look at that and break everything down. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode from a fan's perspective, Miami Dolphin style. So from a fan's perspective this week, I'm talking to Dolphins super fan, Jeff Paez. Thanks for joining, Jeff. Um, wanted to, first things first, you're, you're an L.A. guy. You're L.A. Lakers, Dodger fan, UCLA Bruins How'd you get in with, with the Miami dolphins?
1: Well, my dad took me to my first ever football game. Uh, my dad took me to, um, it was 1983. It was the rookie year. What um, was during Dan Marino's first year? They played the Raiders uh, Coliseum. And I just fell in love with like the bomb, like the balls he was throwing. And ever since then, I was like, I want to play like him. And ever since then, since that's the first time and, Watched him ever since. And when he retired, man, I swear to you, I cried. I cried when he retired, man. I was so disappointed, man. And I blame uh, Jimmy Johnson for that. Why? Because it was his fault he retired. He killed him, man. <laughs> he just, he just too much for him, man. I was so mad. I think Mar- Marino had about maybe two, three good years left in him. And I think that whole last season with him, it, it just, it was just bad for him. So I was pissed. I still don't like Jimmy Johnson because of that man so mad
0: <laughs> you 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 had get out to get out to, to some games from time to time too right
1: i go every year yeah we, we and my buddies uh, uh two of my buddies and my cousin we're like we're all hardcore dolphin fans and we go every year to an, a game we go to a, either a we either pick a home game or an away game um we you know we, like this year we're going to tennessee there's a tennessee dolphin game so we're going to go to tennessee um and then, so we'll alternate. So the next, the following year, we we'll go do a home game. So yeah, we go every year. And this, and if it wasn't for COVID, man, we're gonna have the the trifecta this year because they played San Francisco. We're gonna go there. They're gonna play the Raiders. I'm gonna go there. And then who they're gonna? Put? Oh, Arizona. So it's like a triangle. We're like sweet. But you know, stuff happened. So we decided to just plan that Tennessee
0: trip. Nice. Right on. So. Brian Flores. I mean, obviously, we've kind of had the carousel of coaches there in, in Miami of, of late. You bring in Brian Flores, kind of a, a, a Bill Belichick disciple, if you will. Um, first impressions of of, uh, of Brian Flores and, and the direction now that he has your your Dolphins heading? Uh,
1: at first, I was like, who is this guy? You know, and, and, and that's the mindset that we had, right? I mean, I think we had just as much coaches as we had quarterbacks you know it was like in the last since Jimmy Johnson and Wonstad left so I didn't know anything about him um you know from from what my perspective with him was like every single disciple from um from Belichick you know there really haven't been that many that have been successful so we're like oh we got here we got another one you know Romeo Cornell type you know Coach, like, okay, another four years down the drain at Patricia. Yeah. And then what did they go like? Oh, oh, and a seven, I think his first one and seven or one and six. And we're like, literally, was like, the shit, man. It's like, oh, here we go again. And then we just, he just turned it around. And the, the coach, uh, the players we started seeing, I started seeing a lot of these players like preach him, like, you know, respected him and he respected each other and they believed in him. And when they started doing that, the middle of, the, of last year, that's when they went on that, you know, what was it like five and two run or something like that at the end of the season. And, and then like this year, it's like, whew, I like that guy, man. So I think it's more of the, the players liking him and respecting him and that respect they have with each other. They're, you know, they're going to, a player's going to play for a coach that they like and they respect. And that's what they have. And it's shown, It showed this year, big time.
0: So last year's draft, you had three first round picks. We got to talk about Tua. Yeah. Uh, um, I know just one one pick away from from Justin Herbert, you know, has probably one of the best rookie seasons ever. Oh um but you have you still have Tua there there was talk about, you know, hey, is Tua going to, you know, is there trade talks, is he the guy can he take us to the uh to the playoffs? As a fan, where are you at with with Tua?
1: Well, last year's draft, um I didn't want Tua. I wanted Herbert. Just for the fact that the he what's that one NFL uh, quarterbacks take the test, the IQ test, the quarterback IQ the
0: test. The or
1: yeah, I think it's one of those. When he, was, he had the highest out of all the quarterbacks coming out, like I think the one he was one, he was I think he ranked number two. I want to, I might be wrong. One or two or number three of the highest ever had. The number one guy that that rated high on the IQ was Fitzpatrick. So he followed by Fitzpatrick. So because as a quarterback, you want somebody that's smart, that's gonna catch things quickly. I'm not saying that two isn't, but Herbert was like a man. He's like six, four, he can run. And he had this IQ. I wanted him. So, you know, a couple of my buddies that we were fans with, they were offered Tua. I was the only one that was going for Herbert. So you can imagine that the, the uh, you know, during that draft day. And when they draft, when they announced Tua, man, they rubbed it in my face. And I was like, that's going to be the wrong mistake. And sure enough, look at Herbert. He went off. So I'm not a believer into Tua yet, you know, because for me, I think, I, I, to me, it's like, I think he has a little bit problems with reading some of these defenses. And in the NFL, you know, they'll adjust to that. You know, they'll just see what he can't see. And they proved when he played against the Broncos, they adjusted the defense and he couldn't read it. To me, I've always been like, Dua did pretty good in college. But yeah, he was playing at Bama with a bunch of D1 guys. You know, you can put anybody back there and, and, and they'll make him look like a superstar, you know. Um, Herbert didn't have anybody. He's at Oregon. And you know the stuff that he did there. So I was never a believer with Tua. Um, the main thing was he was always injury prone. He's injury prone. That hip is an issue. You know, I mean, he just takes one big shot from these 400-pound nose tackle to hit him. You know, he's one one good shot away from getting retired early. So I would have liked all those him to ankle go to injuries too. Yeah, all those stuff. And I would have loved to go with Herbert, younger, um, healthy. You know, you know, smarter as far as you know the IQ in football rather than the hype of Tua, the hype. And again, I, I mean, he, I didn't think he did a lot last year. I don't know yet. Hopefully this year. it's To me, to him, this year, it's more of a do or die. Either you're a bust or not. So, I mean, I hope he's not a bust. I hope I'm wrong. But, you know, we'll see.
0: So, last year's draft, three of the, of the next six picks were used on offensive linemen. So obviously one of the things taking care of Tua was uh, of utmost importance for your guys. You know, you bring in Austin Jackson out of out of SC. He was kind of that fifth tackle. You knew Miami was going to need need a tackle at some point. Who is it that they were going to take? They take Austin Jackson. Uh, Robert Hunt, you know, was playing kind of right tackle. I think you got to get him kicked inside to guard this year where his natural position when he, you know, at, at uh, Louisiana. And then Solomon Kinley, another big, big physical guy there on on the interior in the fourth round Um, thoughts on thoughts on 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 your line and and the prospects for that line I mean I think Austin Jackson kind of an up and down season Um, it looks like Robert Hunt's going to be a a stud there on the inside Um, how are you feeling about your line now I mean obviously we know that too with with Isaiah Wilson things didn't work out there they traded for him he just got released so you're still on the market for a right tackle uh, I saw Matt Skura, the, the center from Baltimore. You guys signed him in free agency, so you have a center. You're gonna need a right tackle at some point in the draft, but talk to me about the rest of that line.
1: Well, I think Hunt's gonna be good because I think that they are moving him back into guard, back to his position. I think one of the one of the weaknesses that we had, well, there's two. Well, really, one position was a center. We didn't have no center last year. Uh, now they signed and and we're cemented on that area. I think last year um, it's a young line. You know, we didn't have. If you, you can you can tell by the our rushing game. You know, I think we had the worst rushing average, I think we were ranked last. Um, And I kind of, I kind of figured that would be because you have a bunch of young guys, you know, it's not going to take them one year when your whole line's brand new. So um, I think going into this year, they got that experience in there. Again, you got Hunt and moves back into his guard position. We signed a center. I think we're going to be really solid this year. And I think our running game is going to pick up uh, because that's one of the things that we struggled with last year. You know, again, the line was young. You know, they need some experience. And I think this year they, they're protecting Tua. So I think our run game should be pretty solid. I think our offensive line is going to be solid this year. Because we've always had alignment that always would go get hurt. You know, we would move, like, again, guards to like, tackle, playing off positions. We're getting practice squad players. And I think they really got that down this year. And it's going to be good, man. I like the running game this year. So offensive lineman is going to be pretty solid.
0: So and then looking, kind of transitioning to this this offseason so far, pretty active, you know, bringing in a lot of role players, it seems like for for you guys, not really a ton of guys that you that would say they're going to be instant impact you know, players for the most part. A lot of guys that are more more your, your role players, you know, the Adam Butlers, the Robert Fosters, uh, Malcolm Brown at running back. Um, but one guy, you know, two guys in particular, you've got, you know, Justin Coleman, the, the, the slot corner comes in, you can pair him with, with the X man out there and, and, uh, and Byron Jones. Um, so I, I like that pickup. Um, I'm not sure where, where Noah Igmanogany fits in, in all of that. Any, any, think, what do you think?
1: I think Coleman's going to be there. I think he's going to be more like the, uh, the mentor for Noah. Cause Noah's young. What is he like 21? I mean, 20 last year. He has a lot of upside. Noah does with the speed. I think he's going to be pretty good. I give him about two more years. It's kind of where Coleman fits in to be the more the mentor person. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why they brought Coleman in. Um, but eventually, Noah's going to take over that position. Uh, okay. But we have a solid defense. I mean, those corners are going to be sick. I know it's going to fit in there again. Maybe in the nickel, at uh, some of those in those positions, he'll fit in there. Uh, but he he'll improve this year. Uh, but Coleman again. It's going to be the man, the guy at that position. But I think in the end, he's the mentor. He's kind of the Fitzpatrick of Tua of the corners for him. So that's where I see that going on.
0: Makes sense. And then, then the receiver position, you know, and, and obviously trying to find some speed at the receiver position, uh, Devontae Parker and, and Preston Williams, a couple of bigger guys, you know, Parker, more of a possession guy, Preston Williams, a big physical dude, um, you know, coming out of Colorado State. I mean, you guys got a, an undrafted free agent gem in, yeah. uh, in Preston Williams. I mean, that yeah. was a that was nice. Um, but bringing in Will Fuller now, now you've got that vertical threat, um, you know, and, and working him into that offense. You know, I'm looking at that number three overall pick. Do you think that, dra- that signing of Will Fuller kind of tips the hand in terms of what you guys may be doing at number three?
1: Uh, well, I think for number three, they're going to go uh, they're gonna go with Chase. They're gonna pick up a receiver, and I think they're gonna uh, end up picking Chase from LSU. I think that's their main guy. I like Fuller, uh, but my only thing with Fuller is that he's always hurt. I, I don't even—I don't remember the last time he's played a full season or you know eight games at least. You know, uh, then you got Devontae Parker, who's only had one good year where he hasn't been injury, injury-prone. Every other year, every other year besides that, he's been hurt. He's always hurt his hamstrings and stuff like that. So now you got Parker and Fuller who are injury-prone. They're gonna to have to, uh, signature that receiver spot. So I think in the draft they might go. They're gonna go with Chase. I you know I wish – just like last year when I said Herbert. I hope they go with Chase, in this because they need that, uh, star receiver. Because when our when our main receiver, the the most uh, receiver who had the most yards is a tight end. It's not good, especially with a rookie quarterback. You know.
0: Yeah, well, that that was going to be my next question. I was going to ask if you were team Devontae or or, or team Jamar at that receiver position, because I think those are the two guys that we know are clear cut, you know, top top receivers. And and obviously, you know, with, with Devontae Smith and the year that he had Heisman Trophy winner, but people forget that just a year prior Jamar Chase was putting up the exact same numbers—the 20 touchdowns—that Devonte Smith he tied Jamar Chase's record in the SEC with those 20 touchdowns. And you know, I think that the the styles are a little bit different too. I think you look at Devonte Smith—he's he's that that uh, Marvin Harrison type, kind of yeah. that smooth receiver, you know, quick in and out of his breaks, you know, reliable hands, plays bigger than his size. And then you got Jamar Chase, who is just a bully. He, he's going to sit there. He's going to beat you up. He's going to beat those corners up, you know, and he's so difficult to bring down in the open field. He's going to go up and attack the football in the air. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I think chase, the thing is, is you bring in a guy like Fuller and Devontae Smith. You got to, you know, it's like diversifying your portfolio. You got to have a, 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 a you know, different guys, and uh, you know, for that receiving core, and have some of that versatility. And, and so, Fuller can be that guy that can stretch some of the defense. Jamar Chase can work some of those underneath routes, and uh, also, you know, I, I think those two can kind of work in tandem there on on the outside. Um, there, there is a school of thought that Miami could potentially go after Panay Sewell to 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 shore up that right tackle position because that dr- the draft class is so deep. You could still at 18, get a guy like Rashad Bateman, uh, a, a guy who, who can get vertical, uh, physical receiver, good route runner, ran a sub four, 440 at his combine. But I, I think you could still get a tackle on day two, still be fine and, mm-hmm. and get your guy, get Jamar Chase, you get your alpha there at, at number three. Uh, does that make, is, is that kind of where you're at too?
1: Yeah, that's what I think. I think they're going with, with the chase. I think, uh... I think, like I said, last year, that that was their main issue. They didn't have a solid receiver. So I think they're going to go with Chase. I think the only other option they'll probably do is, is trade down maybe to, like, I want to say, like, the seventh spot, you know, and maybe, like you said, there's a bunch of receivers. Maybe pick up Smith at that point or, or Waddle at that point, you know, whatever, don't of the top three receivers there and uh, pick up some picks. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's where I see they're at. I think the, the, ta- the tackle position, it will be in the second round. Because uh, how many do they have in the second round? Don't they have like two picks or something?
0: Yeah, you you guys. What what's crazy? Thank you, thank you, Houston, for uh, you know taking <laughs> Laramie <laughs> Tunsil off your hands, getting getting that three that number three overall pick. You also get number thirty six in the second round. So in the first what eighty something picks, you've got five picks. I mean, you can come away one like you did in, in last year's draft with a lot of really solid players to address some of those key need areas. Um I, you know that 18 pick is is what's going to be interesting and I wanted to get your thoughts here because initially I thought maybe you go uh JOK Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. I thought maybe that would be a nice pick to play with with Jerome Baker you trade Shaq Lawson for uh Bernardrick McKinney so you get a pro bowl inside linebacker you, you know you 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 sign Duke Riley who's kind of an inside linebacker as well um my thought with it is you you trade away Shaq Lawson and so your only real edge rusher is Andrew Van Ginkle. I think the only guy that had you know, multiple sacks last season, you need a pass rusher. And so I'm looking at 18. Yes. You could potentially go Najee Harris as well and get a running back. Cause you need that ground game. My, you know, Miles Gaskin, Salvan Ahmed um, and uh, Malcolm Brown. They're not the answer. So you could go Najee Harris, but, what if what what if Gregory Rousseau's there? You know, a guy that they've probably seen there at Miami. He's 6'7, 265. Yes, he was only um, a redshirt freshman, but 15 and a half sacks. You can't argue with the production. He was a converted receiver, so he's only gonna continue to get better. He's extremely raw. He sat out 2020, but this is a guy who can bend off the edge like no other, has a ton of length. What 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 would you do with that with that eighteenth sixth, that 18th pick? Do you go running back? Do you go with an edge rusher? You know what, it,
1: it, how I would do, how I would play this whole draft out is I would probably draw, trade my third pick for like, I think um, one of the sixth or seventh round, one of the sixth or seventh picks. So trade down, get a couple of picks, and then I would go with one of my other top receivers. Um, like I said, Waddle, Smith, whoever's left. Who I really like at eighteen pick, which I know it's, he's not going to be there, is the linebacker for Penn State. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Mika? uh I forgot his last name. Parsons. Yes, Parsons. That's who I like. I we need that. We need that linebacker. That that kind of mentality. That kind of toughness. Young. If we fill that position in our defense for the next, you thought if you thought Baltimore defense was good when Ray Lewis was there, this defense is going to be the same thing. Uh, But like I said, that's what I would prefer. I would I would do. Uh, But again, they might be going with the hype. I think their hype it's going to be more of like now they're going to pick. You know Smith because they want to connect them with Tua. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that at the third pick, 18 uh, pick. Like I said, ah, I mean, I really wish they get that linebacker, but I think they're gonna fill it in with the with the tackle position because they're gonna need that tackle position. They need they need to fill that that gap, especially with you know they want to start doing this run game and protect Tua more and stuff like that. So then you got your best you know your alpha receiver and then your your line is it's solid and you know you you filled every gap.
0: So and I think at 18, uh, the, the kid out of Oklahoma State, uh, Tevin Jenkins, I got to watch him play quite a bit. And this is a guy he's versatile. He can play both right and left tackle um, mm-hmm. physical guy at the point of attack. Um, a guy that generates a ton of movement in the ground game and he's light on his feet as a pass protector. Hasn't given up a sack in, in the last two seasons. Um, pretty easy mover there as well. Um, if, if you haven't gotten a chance to see it yet, turn on that 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 Oklahoma State-Texas game. There's a play where he takes Joseph Osai and drives him down the field, angles all the way to the sideline, and plants him on the Texas bench. What's his it, name? Uh, Tevin Jenkins. T-E-V-E-N, Jenkins. And he's a guy... I, I think could end up being a, a top 20 pick when it's all said and done. So I like him there. If Miami decides to go defense at 18, then I think your 36 overall pick can end up being uh Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. Another guy, he was really nice as a, as a run blocker. He's, he's gotten better as a pass protector in, in 2020 showed, you know, some, you know, a lot lighter on his feet and the hands hands finally match the feet, you know, and he's not, bending at the waist and lunging and leaning and trying to reach for guys. He's actually moving and staying in front of guys now. So I could see that as a move potentially for you guys in round two, if you go defense with that 18 overall pick.
1: Yeah. And I, and I, and I think that's, that's, that's kind of the plan. I mean, I keep hearing, I keep reading that they're going receiver, running back, receiver, running back, receiver, running back, you know, that's how they're going to, so they're going to probably pick Harris 18 to pick. Um, but I think they're going to, they need that. They need that tackle. Uh But I I think they have. They they might do like second round uh, tackle, Um, but you know, I I think that's the one position. But I think they're going to really want to address is is the running back position, the receiver position, because it's two things that we just had issues with last year. And again, they're going with the hype, Um, and that's the kind of trade. That's kind of the draft pick they did last year.
0: Well, you you know that that when you look at at Najee Harris, the reason why there's so much hype around him going to Miami is. That's who Brian Flores and company got to coach at the senior bowl. So they they've gotten that one on one attention there with Najee Harris. And, and I mean, you get a dude who is physical between the tackles, a guy that can bounce it to the outside, freaking hurdled Nick Nick McLeod, a six-one corner, and he's jumping over the guy, has nice hands, and he can protect Tua in the passing game as a pass protector, too. So I, I can definitely see the the reason why you go go Harris. Um so that that does make a ton of sense. And again, I, I right now I have them taking defense just addressing the pass rush only because they don't have this draft isn't huge on on you know those those premier pass rushers th- this year, and I think you guys also need a pass rusher at some point. So whether it's in round one or round two, I think you do need to get a pass rusher. So I'm, I'm been back and forth between a running back and a pass rusher because I'm thinking if you you know round two a running back, there's also Travis Etienne that's going to be out there, um, and, and so he's a guy to me that he's more of that home run hitter. Going to get a guy that's going to want to get north and south. Um, feet aren't all that great, but when you're that fast, you don't need to be. He's going to run through a lot of contact too. Um, ran a four four forty. You know, at, I think two hundred fifteen pounds bulked up like about. Um, I think he put on about ten to fifteen pounds. His play weight is about two oh five, so he's probably running sub four four. Um, over 5,000 yards uh, on the ground. And then I think he's had over a hundred receptions for Clemson as well. So if you decide not to take Najee Harris there at 18, I think that's another option potentially on, on day two for you.
1: Yeah. They have, they have options.
0: I mean, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, Miami before, you know, you had to sit there, you had to make sure that you got this guy, you had to make sure that I'm targeting here. You guys have actually have the luxury of having options and you know it's it's got to feel pretty nice from that standpoint that you guys are only just a couple of players away from really making some noise there in uh, in the AFC East.
1: Yeah, I hope so, man. It's do or die. It's playoffs or nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm I'm looking, you know, and 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 I've done my mock draft through the first first four rounds, and so you know I'm looking at. You know the the interior of that defensive line as well, making sure that you shore things up there. You do have Raquan Davis who's a, a, a pretty versatile. I think he can play both the five technique and over the nose. Uh, there's a kid out of LSU, uh, Tyler Shelvin, who's freaking huge. He's you know three hundred and forty six pounds. He's a mammoth dude. Uh, I think third, fourth round, you could potentially get a guy like that to really solidify the interior of that defensive line. And then looking at round number, uh, round number four, you're sitting at, at 124 overall. And, and I like, you know, Brandon Jones, the rookie from last year. I think he's promising you, know, you right now at safety. You've got Eric Rowe, Bobby, uh, Bobby McCain, I think are your starters right now, if I'm not mistaken. And then you've got Brandon Jones, but I think, I, I don't think Eric, I, I think Eric Rowe and, and Bobby McCain probably aren't your future. You know, maybe go get another safety. You've got Brandon Jones, maybe a guy like Richard LeCount. Out of Georgia, a guy that can really be that deep safety, uh, a guy over the top, you know, very intelligent, can come down and play in the box when you need to have him come downhill. Um, you know, those are a couple of areas that I, I can see. You know, in the third and fourth round, am I am I off there with with where they they could be going, or do you think that might be you know, a couple of areas defensively to shore yeah, up?
1: I think they're going to solid solid that safety spot because I think you're right. I think Rowe and and um, um, who's the other guy McCain. Uh, McCain, yeah, they, yeah, they, that kind. Of, McCain did all right this year for us, but I think we really need that big, big safety down there. I think, especially you got to remember. I mean, they they really who they're gonna they want to get a defender that's who are they playing. They play, you know, to stop uh, Buffalo Bills and and what's his name, uh, the quarterback from Buffalo Bills,
0: uh, Josh Allen.
1: Josh Allen, if you forget his damn name. Um, you know, so that's they need somebody that's gonna be able to keep them, you know, because that's the next five ten years, right? So. I think that's what they're playing for. Um you know, they don't have Tom Brady to worry about. Now it's more, you know, the Buffalo Bills. So I think the safety is going to help out. So whenever, you know, he tries to run off when they play the Buffalo Bills, you got that safety to cover him, so.
0: So saying, you know, more of a of a bigger safety, um you know, here's here's a guy. I know you're a UCLA fan, but you know, have a guy, you know, with uh Hufanga You want to talk about a heat-seeking missile, a guy that's going to play in the box. He's going to come downhill. Um, A a guy who I thought his first couple of seasons, he, he reckless abandoned, no regard for his body. You know, he injured both of his shoulders in one season. This year, looked a lot more disciplined, and suddenly he was dropping into coverage, reading defense or reading the offense, reading the play in front of him. Four interceptions this past year, also able to rush the passer coming off the edge he's a guy that could potentially be in play there in the third or fourth round and, you know, big physical guy that you can pair up with Brandon Jones on the back end, you know, potential future there as, as well. You know, I don't know how you feel though, about having a couple of Trojans drafted the last two years with, with Austin Jackson and Talanoa. I uh,
1: know. I mean, well, I, I'm not, a, I love Bruins, but I, I never liked anybody coming out and play for the dolphins for the Bruins. <laughs> So,
0: Gaston. Then Gaston Green play there for a little while in Miami.
1: Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, not that guy. No.
0: (laughs) So I, I guess as a as a Dolphin fan watching what the, what, what the Patriots are doing. I think, you know, Tom Brady kind of woke up the sleeping giant. That is Bill Belichick, Belichick, not, you know, he's, I think he's ticked off that, that Tom's sitting there. And so you watch him in the off season, he's making all these moves. He's, he's bringing in you know, a couple of receivers, a couple of tight ends, bringing in a bunch of guys on defense. I'm wondering if, if that's because he's deciding to try to package some of those picks together to trade up and get a quarterback like Trey Lance, you know, when you're watching Belichick make all these moves, what what do you think that motive is? Because obviously you guys are coming. You know, you guys are on the upswing. Buffalo's on the upswing. And really the Patriots, especially after last season, they're kind of falling off a little bit. So as a Miami fan, are you paying attention to that? Or are you you know wondering what the heck is going on with, with, with Bill these days?
1: No, as long as they don't have – as long as they have Cam Newton back there I don't care. They can, they can, they can sign up their 35, 38 year olds. Doesn't matter. Um, it just showed. It just showed now the Patriots like who really was the, running that team. You know, it wasn't Belichick because he didn't do nothing. Look at Tom Brady. So not worried about them at this point. Just like the Jets. Who cares? You know, it's now it's just Buffalo and see what they're doing. I think the uh, but Buffalo just pick up. Uh, they picked up a receiver. Um, oh, Emmanuel Sanders. They got Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. They're loading up. They're giving them more options so I think Buffalo is the next big thing in our division and that's kind of where I think the Dolphins are going to draft to compete against Buffalo Bills and I think that they're not too worried with the Patriots I think the Patriots might be like two years off I think Belichick might be setting something up to or like in two years they have all these draft picks and you know he starts building this team up uh, so that's why he's, he's signing these you know these you know, role players. You know, and he's he's some of these players that used to play for him before and stuff like that. You know, you got Cam Newton who signed him for like a one year. I mean, stuff like that. So you can just tell that he just uh, they're just trying to build their their draft picks at this point because they don't have anybody. I mean, they gave up all those draft picks for those Super Bowl dynasties. I mean, even he said it. So um, no, I'm not worried about Patriots. You know, at all. Especially I, I at- just
0: I have this feeling that if, if Trey Lance is sitting out there. And there's a chance for them to trade up into, into the top 10. I just, it's been a, a weird year, obviously with COVID and everything else. And then yeah. Bill Belichick spending more money in free agency than he ever has, you know, uncharacteristic of him. I could see him doing something else uncharacteristic trading up to get his quarterback of the future and, and landing a guy like, like Trey Lance. I don't see it, it being uh, Justin Fields, but I I think you could definitely see them potentially going, going after, after Trey Lance this year. If not, then, like you said, you know, in the next year or two compiling some picks together and and trading up to get his quarterback in the future, because you're right, Cam Newton, you know, unless something changes drastically with them, um, you know, he just, it it wasn't a, it wasn't a good fit. They just weren't able to really, really do much. But I, I think they saw the handwriting on the wall. A lot of the quarterbacks already you know already signed done with they didn't really want to try to make a deal for Sam darnold or anyone like that so might as well just run it back for one more year stop stopgap quarterback before they they, they move on but um,
1: so they one thing I can I've read also that you know there's a little word going out there that he might go and trade for uh, Garoppolo back that's another thing
0: see and, and what's that's funny before. too I actually had uh, the 49ers at one point point drafting Trey Lance, you know, and going after a quarterback thinking that maybe Garoppolo would be on his way out. And so I could definitely, I could also see that, that happening as well. Um, Right now, you're Micah Parsons, your, your linebacker. um, I I think they're going to have to get above, you know, San Francisco for sure at 12, you know, if Mm -hmm. the lions don't go with a receiver um, then at seven, then I think Parsons is probably going to be their guy. I think they need a need some linebacker help and they need some pass rush help as well. But I think if he doesn't go seven, then I think you know what you have. You know he could go to to Denver. That'd be interesting. You know you get get Micah Parsons playing with with, with Miller and, and Chubb. Uh, but I think they need a corner cornerback help there with Denver. So I don't think that's going to happen. So you may end up having to get above San Francisco because San Fran they need another linebacker. Um, you know, because they've got what Fred Warner and, uh, and D, D- uh, Greenlaw, but they need another, another linebacker. And they need a guy that can rush the pass or two uh, to help out Joey Bosa. I'm sorry, not Joey, Bosa, Nick Bosa and, um, and D Ford on the outside. So that, yeah. that to me is, is where I think you may end up having to go. And I just don't know if that's going to be, that um, might be too much for, uh, for Flores, unless he, like you said, he trades down, and maybe able to, to solidify another pick and be able to package a deal to then move up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that could make some sense too. I think, um,
1: what's, gonna play, I think, I think what's really going to be a domino effect is whether they signed uh, Galladay, the, the lions guy, the free agent. Yeah. I think if, 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 if the Dolphins sign him, they might, they might try to, they might trade away from that third pick. They might trade down um uh, if they don't sign him as a free agent then you know again they're gonna go receiver first but i think that's the key i think they're waiting to see how that happens and, and they'll go with direction a or direction b depending on if they sign him or not
0: you know one of the x factors and the guys that i think is going to be interesting to see where he ends up is kyle pitts that the tight end out of florida because he's you know he's oh. 6'6". 250 and he look he reminds you so much of, of a guy like Travis Kelsey just from the standpoint of you can line him up wherever you want. And I mean Travis Kelsey, make no mistake, you know, the you know, throughout the playoffs, the Super Bowl, and really the entire season, that was that was Patrick Mahomes' guy. And that was you know if he needed a needed a first down, that's who he was going to. If he needed a big play, that's who he's going to. You can talk about Tyreek Hill all you want. It was Travis Kelsey, and you're looking for that next guy. And there, there hasn't been a guy in history to not only win the Mackey Award for the top tight end, but then also win, uh, be uh, a finalist for the Blitnikoff Award for the top receiver. You know, he's that good on the outside. And I'm looking at, you know, I mean, the Falcons potentially at four if they didn't want to take a quarterback. Eagles at six. You know, they're getting rid of, of Zach Ertz. I'm like, if, if TJ Hawkinson could be a, the number nine overall pick, I'm like, It's not going to be unrealistic to look at Kyle Pitts wherever he may go. And I know that you guys have Gesicki and you have um, Shaheen and and, and such, but it's one of those things, too, to where if you guys sign Kenny Galladay, any chance if they do trade down to like that sixth, seventh pick overall or what have you, could you see Miami potentially taking a guy like Kyle Pitts to just add another dynamic to that offense?
1: Uh, Probably. You know what? I didn't even know about him until my kid told me about him. He told me to look him up. Uh, Cause my kids follows a lot of this college, a lot more than I do in college. And I was looking at his stuff. And then I read one of the things where uh, it said that he hasn't even dropped the pass at all yeah. in college, like at all. So yeah, I mean, I like Iseki. I think he's good, but he, I'm just into this. I just don't like this whole injury prone stuff. You know what I mean? Um, if they pick him up and from what I've seen on, on film from, from reading his stuff uh, you know, after my son told me about him, I wouldn't mind that, and and you talk about it because again, you, tr- you trade down your draft picks and you you get more draft picks. <laughs> the options are you know endless for them. So I like him. Uh, I, I imagine
0: think. imagine that you you get Galladay. <laughs> imagine the scenario. Okay, you, Day you, and you, you sign yep. Galladay. Then you you trade down. You get Kyle Pitts, and then you get Najee Harris, the running back at eighteen, mm-hmm. and then. <laughs> Then you know you shore up your offensive line there in round number two. Get a pass rusher in round two. You've essentially addressed all of your needs right there. And then after that, it's just kind of playing with house money. Yep. You know, where yep. best player available after that? I mean, that that honestly, if, if you could do that in the draft, you know, obviously after signing you know a guy like Galladay to kind of shore up the receiver position, you would become instant contenders there in the AFC East because where's your where are your where are your holes? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's no weakness. And you like just have to
0: get, you know, just build for depth at that point. Yeah,
1: and, and, and last year they, they like you said they built depth last year in defense. They went defense heavy last year. So this is why I think this year they're gonna do a lot of offensive heavy. And if man, and that's what I keep saying, is that if they that free agency Galladay, if depending what happens with him, that's gonna be the domino effect of what they do in the draft. Again, they draft if they sign him, they're gonna trade down out of that third pick. And and if they pick him and, and Harris in the eighteenth pick, it's dynamic and again there's always that tackle in the second round but if they don't sign that him as a free agent that's when they're going to go back to the chase and you know and the original like what you normally would see them do you know uh, but again my thing is going to my key thing is going to be what they do in the free agency are they going to sign uh, Galladay or not because I don't think Fuller is the answer um, because again he has a deep down threat but he's always injury prone I think they haven't filled that receiver role and it's going to depend on that
0: free agency was fuller do you? I, I i don't have it in front of me was he just a, a one year deal yeah so yeah. that that's the other thing too is is that he could potentially be just a one year rental and you know if you've got you know you got parker you got williams you got a one year rental in fuller you know if you don't get another wide out signed to a long term deal then you're back in the same situation that you were this offseason.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So I, I think you have to, you know, if you don't get Galladay, then you have to get that, that key receiver. And I'm with you. You could potentially go with, with somebody else there at three. Um, but I think you have to go chase, uh, get that receiver, get the guy that, you know, and then you're right. You know, if Najee Harris is there at 18, you know, you could go tackle. There are going to be tackles available. It might be a stretch, but, you know, Austin Jackson was a stretch last year, and it looks like he may be panning out for you guys there at left tackle. So they could go go tackle and then take Travis Etienne in the second round. I think, again, options there for you because that 36th overall pick, again, thank you, Houston. You know, they give you guys the third overall pick. They give you the 36th overall pick. You guys are you know tra- uh, drafting early in those first two rounds. So I think it'll be interesting. You guys have a lot – uh, a lot to play with there, and so I'm sure that you and I'll be be chatting come draft day, seeing what uh, what you guys are going to be doing overall. It's going to be fun.
1: It's going to be fun, man. I mean, I'm just I'm excited. I'm excited because for once, you know, we're we're looking promising. You know, we're we're not looking for that. Well, I mean, we still are. I mean, I was going to say we we're not looking for that quarterback, but Tua has to prove a lot this year, but. If we fill him up with all the positions that he needs, all the tools and weapons, there's no excuses for Tua going on after this year. So I think that's what they're doing. They're giving him all the options. Okay, here's the offense we're going to do. We're going to go offense heavy this year. Um, and just run it, run, run the game. See how you do this year. Uh, because again, it goes back down to Tua. It's going to come down to Tua how he does this year. What I see happening, if he doesn't plan out this year, I see him getting traded. I see them going after Watson next year. They'll trade for Deshaun Watson one way or the other, you know, package some draft picks next year with Tua, send them to Houston for Watson. I think that's what it is.
0: So I, I got one, one last question for you, Sam Darnold. Yeah, what, no, 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 not, not, not in Miami, not in Miami. What yeah. happens with Sam Darnold? Because the Jets sitting there at two, they, they've got, you know, they could potentially take, you know, take Zach Wilson, trade Sam Darnold, draft Zach Wilson as their future quarterback but they could also, if Sam Darnold's their guy, they could stay at two, potentially draft uh, a, a receiver. Um, they could trade down and potentially go after a guy like Kyle Pitts as well. They've got two picks in, in round number one. Um, what do you think happens with Sam Darnold? Do you think – because? Look, uh, Mike LaFleur is their new offensive coordinator in New York, so he's running more of a West, Co- West Coast style offense. Makes more sense for Sam Darnold. I think he can have success in a West yeah. Coast offense. You could build and give him weapons, actually give him a fair shot because let's face it, he had zero weapons around him. They already have Corey Davis. You could bring in a guy like either you know either Chase or Devonte Smith, um, or trade down and get Kyle Pitts. You started adding those weapons there to the table. Around Sam, or do you think Sam's done in New York? Do you think you know you trade him, you bring in Zach Wilson, and then just kind of roll with it from there?
1: Well, I hope they don't. I hope they don't trade or they don't draft. I'm um, sorry, they don't draft Zach Wilson. You know how I feel about Zach Wilson. He's going to be really good. Um, I think they stay there with Sam Darnold. Um, again, their their heck, I know their heck, I mean, their heck His former head coach was Dolphins head coach, which is the worst, worst head coach ever. Um, when he got signed with the Jets, I just, I had a buddy of mine who's a Jets fan. He's from New York. I was just making fun. I was like, I don't have to worry about you guys anymore, man. That guy's terrible. So I don't think it was fair for Sam Darnold. Um, Sam Darnold was a good quarterback, man. I mean, I saw him play at San Clemente in high school. He's, he's good, man. SE was good. I mean, he had his moments here with his, you know, turnovers and stuff like that, but I think they might keep him there and give him a shot and, and they don't, they don't, they don't trade away and they don't draft the quarterback. I mean, I hope not. I don't want them to drag Zach Wilson
0: playing their cards really close to the vest. It's kind of hard to really tell what yeah. they're, what they're going to do. And, you know, I, I think if that happens, you, you probably, you could have a chance with, if you guys don't take uh, uh, Kenny Galladay and free agency, you could potentially see receivers goes number two, number three, and then the Falcons sitting there at four, that's might be where Zach Wilson goes because they've got um, an offensive minded head coach, a new head coach in there. And I think that might, you know that's that's really the key that's where the draft starts because we know that, that that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number 1 overall pick that's kind of a done deal um and the jets that's really where that's what what's going to happen there is really going to dictate everything after that because Miami like you're saying you guys could potentially get some trade partners if the jets decide not to go with um with Zach Wilson they they keep Sam Darnold Yep. You could have some guys knocking on your door as well, trying to get up there to that that number three overall pick. So you guys can get all kinds of things offered to you. So I think you guys are sitting in a really nice position. Um, even if Zach Wilson does come off the board, if you guys get the right package offered to you for a guy that wants to trade up for say, you know, either either Trey Lance or, or Justin Fields, you know, that could end up working out in your guys' favor as well.
1: Who's the one that after who's the next uh, team that's after is it the Atlanta is that down Atl- number four? Atlanta's
0: number four, yeah.
1: Let's see who we got. Because I was watching that too. Is like I know Atlanta would probably want to trade down because they'd be scared that somebody would jump over them if Zach Wilson is at three. Um, who's at six? Let me see. Six or the six is the Eagles. The Eagles. I mean and you have the Eagles. Um, you know, there's there's rumors going around that you know, Hurst is still not their guy, they're still looking for a, a quarterback quarterback. So again, I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I think that it depends what happens with the jets. It will play what the dolphins do with the number third pick. But again, it goes back to the whole Galladay thing. If, if they, if they sign Galladay, that third pick for them becomes a, a gold, a gold mine, especially if jets don't pick up Zach Wilson. It's like, they're going to have like, the they can, they're going to have so many people coming at them for draft picks to draft down. And, you know, that's where I think it's going to end up happening. So it all plays down back to what I said before is Galladay, And, and now the jets do the, then we keep Sam Darnold. Ooh, that third pick, you know, not taking buyers.
0: Hot commodity. Well, and, and with that too, if you guys are able to trade down in the draft, not too far into the top 10, but you might have a chance then to land Micah Parsons, your guy, yeah, and guy. get you, you get Galladay, then you get uh, get Parsons and you get uh, Najee Harris, get your tackle in round two, and uh, you know, then you're you're sitting in, in really good shape there as well. So there, there are a lot of different moving parts with it. And I think, yeah, you're you're so right with the Jets, and even, you know, do you guys need to take a receiver? Yes, if, if Galladay is not there, but that's going to be huge. And I think the reason why Galladay is still out there is teams are still evaluating this this receiver class because there are so many talented receivers. You can go every single round of the draft, this year and find a guy who could potentially make an impact. Uh, I recorded a podcast last night on, on the uh, receiver group, and I've got about 35, 36 receivers that are going to come off the board. You could still land a receiver on day two, um, either in the second or third round, a guy that could still make a a difference for you guys. So at the end of the day, you get Galladay, Fuller, Parker, Will Williams, you could use a day two pick on a receiver and still get a guy that if Fuller goes down to injury if Parker goes down to injury a guy that could still make an impact for you guys so it's it, it it's kind of nice to be a, a Miami Dolphin fan these days and it's kind of weird to say that now looking back on where you guys have been but i think i think you're right i think it's going to be kind of nice um, you know you just hope that they, they they don't make any of those those bonehead draft day decisions um, you know like obviously the the Tua versus Herbert Right now, it's not shaping up the way that uh, anybody was was hoping for. But, you know, jury's still out. We'll see what happens. But I, I think in this case, you guys, you know, there's – it's kind of hard to screw up where you guys are right now. So, I, I think you're in pretty good shape. Yeah.
1: And like I said, if, if again, if they get if they sign out today and Jets do that, mm-hmm. that third pick is going to be valuable. Um, I mean, you, you got – also, you got – we got Carolina that's looking for a quarterback, you know, that that's where Atlanta's going to freak out, you know, if that, and then imagine that how many draft picks we get for that third pick. And then, like you said, man, if we get uh, Parsons, man, that's my guy. It's the next Ray Lewis. Um, it could happen. Zach Thomas. And sh- man, I used to love those Zach Thomas days, man. And just to have him, uh, him on that defense, <sighs> defense gonna look good i know it's funny you say it to be a dolphin fan and you know before you know when you used to see me too everybody like dolphin fan what the heck dude last year when, when the, I, I wore my dolphin gear man I, I i had more high fives like go dolphin that's right you know you know go the dolphin's looking good so it's looking good for us man and it's, we've been we've been struggling we've been we've been punished enough
0: You know, looking at that 18 and and I'll, I'll leave it at this, you know, you're talking about Zach Thomas. I I, just throwing that, that Gregory Rousseau out again, you guys, you know, you need another Jason Taylor too. you know, another one of those guys coming off the edge. And that's the only thing you just, you mentioned Zach Thomas. So it, it kind of stuck in my head. I look at Gregory Rousseau and he could potentially be another Jason Taylor type coming off the edge for you guys too. So Thinking about that, that's also a possibility. Depending on what happens with with Najee Harris, the running back position there at eighteen, just figured I'd throw that out there because I think that could potentially, you know, he he seems like a guy that could end up fitting that role. The only thing is, is you're going based more on on uh, projection and potential than you are, you know, proven production. Yes, he had the one year with 15 sacks, but you know that's still just the one year. You know, we yeah. we don't know one year wonders. You know, it makes makes you really nervous when you go go after some of those guys. And to Brian Flores, to his credit, he seems like the type of guy who's going for proven guys. Um, I say that, and they drafted Tua, but um, you know, proven guys. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how things go. But yeah. anything, anything else? Any thoughts on the draft or NFL wise, Dolphins or anything else before we, we we wrap things up?
1: No, man. I just I'm ready for the season, dude. I mean, um, any other team that. Um, that I was kind of disappointed on. I mean, honestly, I mean, I was kind of disappointed that they drafted golf your know, Rams um, for for Stafford, and they literally gave up the farm for Stafford. I, I'm not a Rams fan, but I, it's an LA team still, and I still will root for them. Um, they just gave up too many picks, man. They just gave up way too much for Stafford. And
0: mean, he had, they, like, lo- they don't believe in first round picks anymore.
1: <laughs> I guess not. It's four, four, was it like the next four years? They don't have a first round pick. And I mean, you got Stafford, who's he's got some beating. I mean, he still has some stuff in him, but he took some beating the last couple of years. I mean, if he gets hurt, I mean, who, who's who's there? Bortles, Bortles, whatever his name is. Yeah, is Blake Bortles, like Bortles, John coach, Wolford. Yeah, yeah, oh my God. So. But other than that, I mean, that's it, man. That's the only thing. Big news coming out.
0: All right, Jeff. Well, I, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on to the onto the podcast. You got your your perspective there with the Miami Dolphins, and uh, you know we'll probably check in here after the draft and see see what happens. See which one of our <laughs> scenarios actually came to fruition. Yeah, sounds good, man. All right, take care, man. You have a good one. You. My thanks to Jeff Paez for sitting down and discussing all things Miami Dolphins. And what's interesting is, is literally minutes after we recorded this podcast, the New York Giants announced that they would be signing Kenny Galladay. So a lot of that discussion about where Kenny Galladay would go and how that would play into the Miami Dolphins draft, uh, really kind of, we can set that aside now. We know that chances are they're going to go receiver, that it's going to be Jamar Chase. And then really the big question is, is what is Miami going to do at number 18? Is it going to be a running back, Najee Harris? Is it going to be an offensive tackle like Tevin Jenkins? Or is it going to be a pass rusher like Gregory Rousseau? I think there are a lot of things that that can come into play. We talked about the the chances of Miami potentially getting Micah Parsons. If if they want that to happen, they're going to have to trade that 18 pick and move up in the draft to get uh, Micah Parsons. If you could somehow get Jamar Chase and Micah Parsons, you're really doing well for yourself. But consolation prize at the same time is you get Jamar Chase, they at number three, at number 18. Then you're looking at either Najee Harris or in my, in my mock draft, Gregory Rousseau. You move on to the second round. You can get an offensive lineman like Jalen uh, Mayfield out of Michigan and then get Travis Etienne there to round things out. I think you've got four players that can be impact players there for the Dolphins. And really, things are looking up for Miami in the AFC East. Patriots are trying to rebuild. The Bills are really the team that's out there right now. Jets still trying to find themselves. I think Miami has a great shot at the playoffs in 2021. So we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. Call it a podcast. Episode 27 will be recorded in the next few days. And we'll take a look at the offensive line. There are as many as five, six. Offensive tackles that could come off the board in round number one. We're looking at at least one, maybe two guards that can come off the board in round one. As well as a center, Creed Humphrey. Could he go to the Steelers? Could he go to the Packers? I think there's a lot to talk about there. You're going to find guys that are going to drop into day two and day three that will be impact players up front and NFL franchises that are looking to upgrade their offensive line, this is going to be a great draft to be able to do that. And we'll bring that all to you here in episode 27 coming up here in the next few days. So, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg shoots Take care, everyone. Have a great week. And until next time, I am out of here.